Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. All right, this is a super heavy episode. Oh, my goodness. I came across a case that I I jumped right into because I was in complete shock that the mainstream media wasn't covering this. Basically, this case I found on change.org. I, I don't make fun of me. I sometimes look for petitions to sign um, that seem important to me. And I came across this. It was called Justice for Grant. And I got to reading about this case and I was dumbfounded. And so I looked into things a bit more and my mind was just blown. Again, this case really has only been covered by YouTubers, TikTokers, There's a few local media outlets in Nashville because that's where these crimes took place um, that that have covered it. And I think there was a investigation discovery mini episode on this. So let's just get to it. Justice for Grant Solomon. We are going to start here. Uh, Grant Solomon was an 18-year-old boy who was killed in 2020. His mother, Angie Solomon, started this change.org petition to find out what really happened to Grant because the details of his death and this accident do not add up. So let's start here. Aaron Solomon. Aaron Solomon was a prominent local news anchor turned Merrill Lynch financial advisor, married to Angie Solomon, who has a doctorate, worked as a director of pharmacy, and also a trial witness as well. Aaron Solomon was verbally, physically, and sexually abusive towards Angie, and then eventually sexually abusive towards their daughter Gracie, starting at the very young age of six, and even raping her when she's 14 years old, while also verbally and physically abusing their son, Grant. And again, you will hear a lot more detail from Angie herself, who elaborates on all of this. And it's really not my place to tell uh, some of these sexual abuse allegations that uh, were made by her children. And yes, you heard me say her children, not just Gracie, um, perhaps Grant as well. But again, this it's not my place to, um, to to talk about that. I will let you hear it from Angie. So Angie knew she, she really had to get out of this marriage. And Angie goes in to document to me because I was very confused when looking into this case that basically, you know, Angie, Angie had said everybody kind of knew Aaron, Aaron was abusive. Now, Angie disclosed this to a doctor she was seeing. She disclosed this to a few friends 
Aaron ended up finding out. And what happens after that is pretty much the biggest case of gaslighting I have ever heard of in my entire life. And I am not joking, you guys. I will let you hear it from Angie, but this gaslighting that Aaron manages to do allows him to get custody of the kids. I am leaving a lot out because this was a huge gap that I needed filled while talking to Angie, and oh boy, does she fill it. And I also want to reiterate to people, yes, I am a journalist, but I am an editorial journalist. So if I show emotion or if I think or, or if I if I come across believing one side over the other, I'm allowed to do that. Editorial is my opinion. And by the way, I also told Angie this. I have reached out to Aaron Solomon because I would like to interview him as well to hear his side of things. So anyway, Aaron Solomon ends up getting custody of the kids. Basically, he ended up telling the courts Angie was crazy. She was suicidal. And they believed Aaron Solomon. So by 2018, these poor kids, Grant and Gracie, absolutely couldn't take it anymore. And you will hear Angie's uh, testimony to what happened and the breaking point. But they couldn't take it anymore. And they ended up running away and living with their mother starting in, in 2018. So something to know, Aaron Solomon is well-connected. Obviously, I mentioned he was a former Nashville morning news co-host and sports anchor who spent 15 years on television. Something else to note that Angie says is after he lost his TV job, he couldn't get a job anywhere else. And he was like the leading anchor on this one Nashville channel. He managed to get two radio jobs that she said lasted for about six weeks, possibly. He was fired from both of those jobs. And he wanted Angie to go to work full time at, at one point, which, by the way, he accused her of being psychotic. She's suicidal. Oh, by the way, Angie, you have to work 40 to 50 hours a week and, and pay me alimony plus child support. And it's just it's so, so crooked. I just it's hard for me to comprehend. But anyway, uh, Aaron Solomon has found defenders within the court system, among local business leaders, among the church, among his children's school, Grace Christian Academy, and in Tennessee Governor Bill Lee. So when Gracie and Grant came to live with Angie, Gracie apparently tried to tell her school about the sexual abuse that she was suffering at the hands of her father, to which they dismissed and wouldn't listen to specifically the, the headmaster, Robbie Mason. So despite repeated and documented attempts to get away from Aaron's abuse since 2013, despite telling numerous leaders in the community and, and agencies and uh, child protective services, et cetera, et cetera, they, Angie, Grant, Gracie, all stated over and over on record they feared for their lives. They have been betrayed by the courts, basically betrayed by everybody. Now, at this point, despite all of these hurdles, Angie managed to keep Grace and Grant pretty much safe from Aaron for almost two years. Now, in July of 2020, Grant, who's been 18 for exactly one month, he apparently planned to go to the courts to get a protective order at this point against his father and 
possibly try to get custody of his sister, Gracie, because you'll learn Angie didn't have full custody of her kids during those two years that she had them. The custody was she had a partial custody. Aaron technically had full custody, but they were allowed to live with her because she lived in proximity of the school. And again, you know, Gracie had gone off and said, listen, my dad's abusing me. And she ended up getting that substantiated by by the courts um, eventually, which we'll we'll get into. But um, anyway, Grant, yeah, he wants to get full custody of of his sister. And so uh, it's July of 2020. And apparently Aaron was so very invested in his son's baseball career. Grant was an incredible baseball player. He, um, you know, he had all these plans to, to play baseball after high school, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out that Aaron wanted to get some kind of evaluation for for Grant with his pitching or with his 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 baseball career at um, what was it called? Sorry, the Ward Ward Institute. So Ward Performance Institute, sorry, in Gallatin, Tennessee. Now, Grant had just gotten over COVID and was having some issues with his lungs and breathing. And he kept telling his dad, again, who he hadn't seen in two years, but had been bugging him and bugging him to, to go get this evaluation. He kept saying, Dad, I, this is just a waste of money. I don't feel right. I don't feel good. And Angie tells me these type of evaluations generally cost about $2,000. I looked into it and and she's right. These type of things do cost a lot of money. So yeah, Friday night, Angie texted Aaron saying, Grant doesn't really want you to go be there. He'll go to the Performance Institute, but he's an adult now. He doesn't need you. Aaron ignores these, these texts and ends up showing up anyway. So technically... The meeting between Aaron and Grant was somewhat scheduled, but basically it was for Grant to get a baseball evaluation. So here comes the the chilling part of of this. So again, you heard me say that Aaron was very abusive towards, you know, especially his own daughter, raping her at 14, which Angie will tell you about, um, abusing both of his kids as well as his ex-wife. Now, the, the morning of... Grant's accident in July of 2020. Grant texted his girlfriend, Hannah, every single morning uh, before baseball practice, before pretty much any anything. She didn't get a text that morning from Grant. Um, strange, yes. Criminal, no. Now, according to Aaron Solomon, Grant this morning, Gr- they were in the parking lot at the Ward Performance Institute in Gallatin, Tennessee. Aaron was the only witness to this accident, which ultimately resulted in his son Grant's death. Now, according to Aaron, Grant was struck by his own truck in a fatal parking lot accident just 15 minutes before this baseball practice evaluation. So according to Aaron, Grant went around to get his baseball gear from the bed of his truck when it rolled backwards dragged him across the pavement down a hill into a ditch. Aaron says he parked next to Grant and that he was inside his own car checking emails, work emails, whatever, when he realized what had happened. Aaron Solomon then called 911 at 8.44 a.m. from the parking lot, and Grant was taken to the hospital by an ambulance where he was pronounced dead at 9.30 a.m. 
And I'm going to play part of the 911 call for you so you can see just how chilling it is. And I know this seems like true crime bullshit where you're like, oh, he sounds weird on the phone, but you know, that doesn't prove anything. Well, listen to Angie's story and make up your mind yourself. I just wanted to play this call because it's very bizarre. Fifty seven South Water Street. It's off one oh nine. Please hurry. He said fifty seven. Please hurry. Okay, we're going on. Fifty seven. Um, my my son's truck's backed over him and they, it's rolled over him and dragged him into the ditch and it's on top of it. He's trapped under the truck and I, I Yeah, he I knew I, somehow it drug him underneath it. Yes, my son is under it. I'm trying to, no, I'm, I'm trying to call 911. Okay, what's your name? Oh my goodness. Your name is Aaron Solomon. And you said oh you're my at 1357 South Quarter Avenue, right? Yes. How old yes. is the male? He's 18, he just turned 18 a couple weeks, about a month ago. It's my son. Oh my God. Oh my God, this is not good. Is he awake? Oh, please hurry. I don't know. I don't think so. He's not uh, He's not alert, right? No, he's out. And he's trapped. I got three guys here, and he's trapped under the truck. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I understand, sir. Stay on the phone. Meanwhile, we get somebody out there. What's your name? Aaron Solomon. All right, Aaron. Uh, what kind of vehicle is it? It's a Toyota Tacoma, Tacoma, and it's, the, the vehicle has to, he's underneath the vehicle. Okay, I've got that. And, and it's... Okay, I've got that. What color is it? It's a white truck. That's my son. It's somehow backed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on, on, I'm on with 911 right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Was your son working on it? No, no, he was just getting out of it. It's the hill, it's on an incline, and I guess he didn't have it in park or something, or it wasn't. So that was the bizarre 911 call. Something to note Aaron is at the top of the ditch at this point, yelling down to these three men that he said. We're, we're helping the situation. Now, I didn't play the whole call. Uh, I just wanted you to hear a, a clip of it. But it's very strange that Aaron would not go into the ditch with his dying son, who was probably scared at the time. I mean, as a mother, I I don't think I would leave my child's side. I I can't speak for every parent, but that is so odd And then mysteriously, these three men are nowhere to be found by the time police arrive, by the time the paramedics arrive. I mean, it's like they simply disappeared between the end of the 911 call and police pulling up to the scene. Now, when I first read all of this, 
my brain went to the fact that maybe Aaron just made up these three men that they never came because it's weird. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're helping somebody in, in an accident, you don't run away when someone tells you to run away. I mean, or, or or when the police are coming, that's just weird. Well, after speaking to Angie, bombshell, someone did see these three men and apparently they had construction uniforms on, but again, they disappeared by the time police got there. So you will hear Angie's story. I don't want to say story. It's not a story. You will hear um, what Angie knows from a witness that was at the Gallatin Performance Institute. So it's it's crazy. Um, anyway, according to the medical examiner, Grant's cause of death was cardiac arrest because he had blunt force trauma to the back of his head and a traumatic brain injury, which which caused cardiac arrest. So per the police report, Grant was lying on his back beneath the front of his truck between the tires. So the weight of the wheels were not on his body, as Aaron had repeatedly suggested on the 911 call. The police report also said Grant was bleeding from his nose and ears in addition to his scalp. So to Angie and to Gracie, you know, when they got to the hospital, this didn't make any sense because Angie said he he looked perfect. She would have thought she would have seen marks on his body where he was dragged by this truck, you know, into the ditch and, you know, maybe asphalt embedded in his skin. Nothing. She said... Besides, you know, the the mark on his cheek or his jaw and his head and maybe some bruising from baseball practice, her son was perfect. So let's also point out this death received less than an hour of investigation uh, by the Gallatin police. They cleaned, quote unquote, cleaned the crime scene and left important evidence behind, including Grant's cell phone and these goggles for, for Grant's glasses. So something else to note, uh, and again, this is all just circumstantial things that I just, I think it's important just to throw it out there. Grant never kept his baseball gear in the bed of his truck, which is, again, the, the, the back where you have to get out and get it. He always kept it in the back seat on the driver's side. Gracie knew this. His mother knew this. His girlfriend knew this. It just didn't make sense. Why would Grant be behind his truck? And how could the truck pull him under and drag him without... Aaron hearing any of this. When you're in a car, generally you can hear outside of the windows. So again, why hadn't Aaron gone down to the ditch to be with his son? He did not go down to see his dying son once. He left it up to these three mystery men, these three construction men that we still don't know about. Now, Angie Solomon, when she got to the hospital, she had requested an investigation after the fact, but Gallatin police took Aaron's statement and promptly closed the case. And now this is the very, very bizarre part. At the time, so I guess Aaron was pronounced dead at 9.33 a.m. Literally within seven minutes, Aaron had filled out paperwork to decline an autopsy, any postmortem examination, any donation of the organs. Uh, He was lining up a singer to sing at Grant's funeral. It was the most bizarre thing ever, while Angie was on the ground screaming and crying for her son. 
A week later, when Aaron described the incident on video to Angie, because at this point, Angie started to speak with some of Grant's friends, with Gracie, and a lot of things felt very odd. So Angie just wanted to get what happened from Aaron's perspective at the scene of the crime with Grant's truck. So she took this video. You can look it up online. You can Google it. Um, He described the incident indicating that, yeah, wait a minute, Grant was getting his gear, his baseball gear from the backseat, not the bed. He already changed her story, his story. He already changed it. I mean, that is a huge red flag. Nobody looked into that after. Something else to note uh, that Angie and I get into, there is a baseball bat that that is missing. Now, Angie has her theory on what actually happened to Grant which does involve a baseball bat. I I tend to agree. I'm not I'm definitely not going on record making accusations, but it just, you know, if I had to guess, if she had to guess, that's what she thinks uh possibly happened. And now people noted at Grant's funeral, Aaron Solomon appeared to be a salesman, not a grieving father. Angie says some things that were very concerning where he wanted to take pictures of the flowers that were sent to the family because he wanted to uh, see if anyone famous had sent flowers or anyone of high profile, which is so weird. So, um, you know, a few other things to note. Uh, nobody was listening to to Grace and Angie at at one point, so they obviously took the, to the internet to out Aaron Solomon for all of these wrongdoings, and um, they were met with a defamation lawsuit by Aaron Solomon, which was later thrown out by a Tennessee judge, thankfully. Um, there's something else that was odd. Apparently, Aaron Solomon said to Angie, after Grant's death, and she says this, he says to Angie, we're going to be a family again. I don't know why he would say that comment out of distress and out of sadness. Sure, we can say sad things when we are upset. I find that weird, and I also find it weird that he bought plots. Aaron bought grave plots right next, three of them, right next to Grant for himself, Angie, and Gracie, even though he and Angie hadn't been married for some time now, and he pretty much, Angie will tell you guys, this is a bombshell. He had her thrown in jail at one point for uh, coming at him with more accusations and slander during their divorce and custody proceedings because he uh, he got the judge on his side, which we get into, and it's, it's very terrible. Um, so I, it's a huge, huge bombshell to me uh, was something that Angie said, and I'm going to say his name right now. I'm pulling it up on my phone because I did take some notes as she was speaking, and, and you will hear this. I'm I'm putting this out in two parts because we s- spoke about this for about three hours. Um, there's a magistrate that works under the judge that, that dealt with uh, some of the custody battles. His name was Jacques Cabell, and apparently Grant had said to Jacques, that he did not want to live with his father because he was afraid his father was going to kill him. This is on record. This is court-documented court records. And so he says this. Apparently, he at first sides with Grant and says, okay, no problem. You don't have to live with your father uh, if you are genuinely afraid, et cetera, et cetera. 
apparently comes back from lunch, changed his mind and said, actually, you know what? You're 6'3". Your father is, you know, 5'8 on a good day. You can handle yourself and sends him back legally into his father's custody. Grant said numerous times to this magistrate, Jacques Cabell, that he was afraid for his own life because he was afraid his father would kill him. Now, two years later, when Angie has to go back to court after Grant's death, because Aaron is now going after Gracie, trying to get custody of Gracie again, they are in the presence of Jacques Cabell, the magistrate who sent Grant back to live with his father, okay? And Angie says Jacques did not apologize, did not address it, did not say a word, just ignored it. I mean, to me, that is so evil and so sad and so corrupt. I don't, I'm, I'm heartbroken, heartbroken over this. So um, a few things that I'm, I'm going to address before playing part one of my interview with Angie is these gaps that I had filled were, number one, how were Gracie's claims of sexual abuse substantiated? I really wanted to know that because that to me is very important in building an actual case against Aaron Solomon. You need to have these court documents. It can't just be he said, she said, blah, blah, blah. So she addresses that. I really wanted to know how Aaron got custody of the kids in the first place, because generally it's very hard for fathers to get custody of the children unless the mom is like a drug addict or in jail, beats them, whatever. But oh my goodness. Uh, Again, I mentioned this before. Angie was absolutely gaslit to the highest degree, and it all makes sense. And then lastly, I want to point out that it's very important that they get money to their change.org and go, sorry, their GoFundMe, not change.org. Sign the petition. That's very helpful. But they need money to exhume his body, get this autopsy done. And not only that, but it's not going to be easy. You know that Aaron Solomon is going to fight them on this, which to me is mind-blowing. If you are innocent and you had nothing to do with this, what is the big deal then? They want to know what happened to their son. Don't you want to know? So those are some things to keep in mind. Again, we go through all the details. So I am breaking this up into two parts. And you heard it here. Angie hasn't spoken out about this at all. This is the first time she's speaking out. So I'm going to play part one of my interview with Angie Solomon. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. The stress and crowds of holiday shopping can put a damper on your holiday spirit, and you don't always find all the perfect gifts you're looking for. The Virginia Lottery's games make easy and tremendously fun gifts for all the adults in your life, even you. 
Celebrate the season of gifting with Virginia Lottery Scratchers and online instant games. For more info, visit valottery.com slash holiday. All right, everyone. Well, if you have paid attention to my Instagram or my TikTok yesterday or, or today, you will see that I came across a very, very troubling case that I mentioned was very complex. Let's say there's a lot more to this case than, than meets the eye. So I have Angie Solomon with me. Angie, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I, I want to clarify, do you go by Angie Solomon or you, I, I've seen your name printed a few different ways. Uh, I, yeah, officially. Yes. Mm -hmm. I go by Angie Huffine Solomon, which is my maiden name. Okay. I will say that Gracie and I are getting ready to, to adjust that Yep. both of us so but right now yes okay okay all right <laughs> if so one is looking for me on it on social media or they have messages yep. you know it is angie solomon or angie solomon family page okay mm -hmm. perfect and and i'll you know write those out so people can have access to them and get them easily that'd be awesome we have a but, good um, we have all that so i know yes. you can edit this so we, we need to get that out there with this yeah you got it absolutely so i you know at the beginning of this podcast i broke down the story so people are familiar with what happened. And, you know, there's a few things that I want to clarify that I was um, a bit unclear of, and you can just sort of clear this up for me. But yep. right now, I, I just want to plug the fact that you guys have a GoFundMe right now. Um, and this is reminding me very much of, I just covered the Stephen Smith case. And, you know, I saw his family was able to raise over a hundred grand to not only exhume his body, and do an independent autopsy, but also offer reward money for people that, you know, know something about this. So if we can get this GoFundMe, you know, to a place, I saw it only has 12K right now. Guys, we got to do better than this because I- have to do better because- that, have to do that better. Will only, mm -hmm. With the attorneys that, and, and listen, when I say attorney, I, I mean someone that's not in a good old boy network. He actually fights them. Sure. So less. But the money that we have in there right now will be eaten up just like that. Right. And so I, you know, I know just from looking into this, it costs maybe $5,000 to exhume a body, maybe another 7000 to do an independent autopsy. So right there, that's 12 And that's depending on what level of, of uh, person that you get to do that independent autopsy. And I, we want one of the best. We don't right. want... We want, we want one of the best. So it's probably going to be more, even more than that. I totally agree. And, and just, I just want to clarify as Grant's mother, legally, you are allowed to do this. Once you have the money, you are a hundred percent allowed to move forward in doing this. Do you need Aaron's permission for any of this? Uh, there, there would, depending on what happens on the, on Gracie's side in the cases that particularly pinned against him on her side, mm -hmm. uh, the answer would be no if they affect it. If if it's as is right now, then mm -hmm. there would be some legal yeah. conversations about uh, because it's parents because uh, of actually exhuming. Um, right, body. which is why you mentioned you need a very freaking badass lawyer here to right. fight for you guys. Do whatever it takes to get Grant's body exhumed. Um, so that. That's really interesting. So that it's not going to be as easy, quite as easy and as if Stephen Smith. And so. every step of the way will be a battle. 
mm-hmm. uh, unless he is uh, there's de- unless there's uh, more expedient developments in the cases that are pending right now um, for him versus against Gracie. So Correct. if that happens, then everything is washed wiped away, and I become sole. And that way we walk right in. However, I'm going to just put a tag in there. We have, we 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 are blessed with an, a fabulously, uh, a fabulous attorney who's brilliant. Mm. Um, I don't I expect him to be able to get anything done. But I will say that we do. I would welcome, and we do need an attorney from out of state. Okay, uh, understood. Now. Just to clarify some things. Um, oh my gosh, I need to turn my email notifications off. I literally say this every time and then I forget. Um, but no, just to just to clarify some things about Gracie and about custody and all of this stuff, I just want to quickly go back. Um, this is one thing I was unclear about. You, during your divorce or during the divorce proceedings, you went to this judge and you said he is abusive, sexually, physically, mentally, et cetera. And somehow I missed something along the way with why the kids want to go live with their dad after you put this all out there for the court. Right. So it was Aaron who filed. Oh, okay. He filed, um, he came into a multi-million dollar trust uh, the day he took the children out of their beds, which was uh, May the uh, 10th of 2013. And his multi-million dollar trust from a great aunt, it started dispensing, which means, or dispersing, I think is the technical term, Okay. Which means that money started flowing into a private bank account. Um, so just in keep 2013, in 2013, mm-hmm. why so, did it just because his aunt died or she just she did she passed okay. and then um, waited for uh, the process the reading of the will. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the irony was that um, the living relatives that were also in the will had told the trustee that Aaron was no longer alive. So the only way that, so they were going to skip him in the will totally. But because I had kept in touch with the great aunt, just in pictures of the children, mm. things like that, they found, and I left my phone number for her to contact in the event that she needed someone. She was yeah. alone in Illinois. Um, they called that number hoping it was on her wall mm. when she, and they called that number hoping that they could find him. And, and it they was got me. you. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I gave them his number and that's how, so then it, then it okay. becomes a process of just waiting for the funds to be, uh, I guess, liquidated or moved around in order to disperse into bank accounts. And that started, uh, he set that bank account up two months before he planned, he had planned all this before he took the children from the home and it just started dispersing the day of. So So were you planning on filing for divorce at that point and he beat you to it? Well, yes, we were, the, the household was so abusive that the children and I slept together um, Grant had a guard uh, that he had prepared on the door with boxes stacked. And at the very top, he had a plastic bin. He, that wasn't his place, but this was how we lived. Yeah. And he, at the top would be a, um, he would take the lid off the top and prop it a certain way. So it, so if the door opened, that lid would slide down the he wall and wake him oh, and he could gosh. get up. Yes. So that was our situation, but I was trying to get us out. I was a, I was absolutely a dis- domestic violence victim. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I was. Okay. And wow. um, I was very accustomed to the lifestyle of um, fighting Aaron off uh, on many occasions. That year, I'd already fought mm-hmm. him off six times. And each time I thought, 
six six times that I thought he that he was trying to kill me. I fought him oh off. On that particular weekend, to keep it simple, he basically chased me into the bathroom and put a hairdryer cord around my neck, and he was going to kill me. And I, that was probably the closest in my mind that I came to not being able to fight him off because mm-hmm. um, my feet were wet and the shower, were, my, my feet were bare, the shower was wet mm-hmm. and I have this around my neck and I'm thinking, I if I, I knew based on past experiences that he snaps in and out of personality. So if I screamed his oh. name loud enough, maybe I could snap him out of it. Um, Interesting. It, wasn't, Interesting. it wasn't working, but all I thought in my head was, if I slip on this wet um, shower, mm-hmm. I, it's not going to make a difference if I snap him out or not. I'm a goner. You're, yes. So, and then I looked up and saw Grant standing behind him. And what did Grant? I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. And he was nine. And um, I don't know what happened. I think I must have took it up a decibel or two. And I snapped him out of it. And he just, oh my God, Angie t- takes off past between me and Grant, takes off running and he goes so out. He would act sorry almost when he would snap out of it. Freaked out that it was me. Like he every- was free- he was freaked out. He did this to you. He would snap out of it after almost killing you and being like, oh, my gosh, how could I every do that? Time. Oh, goodness. every time it was like Angie. And then he would leave the house. And that particular day, of course, he was a news anchor for Channel 4 News. You're very right. well known. And we lived in Green Hills, which is affluent. We didn't belong there. <laughs> but we live okay. there because he wanted to, yes but but we live there because he wanted to he, and so there's a main thoroughfare called abbott martin road mm. he just went outside and started running up and down abbott martin road in his suit for work and, and what that year was this angie you said grant was nine so what year would that be 13 mm-hmm. 2013 sorry okay and that made the radio because people saw aaron solomon running <gasps> up and down and it it but for me you know did i report it no because this was not the first time. This was the one of many. And when Gracie had come to me um, in uh, February of that same year to tell me that um, what her dad was doing to her in the baths, uh, I went and confronted him. Okay. And he told me, yes, that he does this to her. What the? But if I told anyone what happened in the, in our household, any, about anything, me, Grant or Gracie, that he would, that I would never see my kids again. So I was, I was talking to a doctor here in town, rest, God rest his soul. He passed this year. He's a wonderful man. Okay. And I was working with him because I finally confided in a friend with a black eye. I was finally said, yes, this you had is a black eye at, at a, at a function. Instead of lying about it, I told her. She sent me to like, he was Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. So she sent me to him. And the, and all of this is wrapping up to tell you that uh, he found that I was talking to that doctor. Uh, okay. because my notes were on the phone, my phone. I left my phone at the house one day going to pick up the children. And he, he found them when I got home, my phone was in the toilet floating. <gasps> he said, you know what this means. And so I had about three to four weeks at that time, unbeknownst to me, to get us out at that time he was talking constantly with attorneys my i had the fo- got the phone records after the fact so my my mom my dad my sister everyone was in on it and um and then it all boiled down to that night at our house in uh green hills um two days later i went on about my day i chaperoned yep. a field trip 
Okay. I um, took Grant to school, picked him up from ball practice. Um, Aaron was gone. That was his typical. Yeah. He would do something like this heinous, mm -hmm. freak himself out, snap back out yep. and run out the door and be gone for days. Um, the children and I would get reprieved then. And I was planning to, on that Friday, I was, uh, I had, my doctor and I had the plan in place that I was going to go file for order protection. He had set me up with a, um, although divorce had never been mentioned in our household. Okay. He, so I think that's an important key, but he, he set me up with a attorney who was going to file for divorce mm -hmm. and I had, had the car packed and I was ready to, once I went back to get the children, I was ready to leave town. All I had to do was put the dogs in. Right. Right. And, um, Grant had a baseball tournament near my hometown. And even though I knew I didn't have the support of my family, I had the support of everyone in Jackson County and Gainesboro, Cookville. I, I knew I, we could, we would be okay. I'm a farmer. Angie, I just want to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You had said your parents were in on it, but you didn't mean with you. You meant with Aaron. Yes. Oh, your parents yes. were in on with him. They believed him over you. They do today. Oh God. My, my, my biological father, whatever you want to call him, it's irrelevant to me. The term, mm -hmm. um, has so much is with the defamation cases that Aaron was flying within the first three or four months of freedom for Gracie launching. Um, he wrote a deck, an eight page declaration for him. And right. in it, he also says that Gracie is lying. Okay. Um, so, I don't so know he, why he would do, I'm just very confused that why your own, your, your blood would do this to you and to your, his own grandchild. Why, even, why does he think Aaron is so, I mean, we can get back to that, but um, so just so you can finish this so I can understand. It's Sorry, kind of, all over the place. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Yes, but it, in my mind, um, I had a lot of time alone after all, after he took the children. So, so I'm sorry. So he decided you had the car packed up. You were ready to go. I had the car packed up. No one's home. He hasn't shown up in days. I will say that right after, right after this incident, he, he did come right back in the house that morning. Okay. And I can still hear Grant standing in the kitchen yelling, Okay. Sorry. When I'm six, four, you won't hurt my mom anymore. Okay. On that very sad note, I am going to stop things here. Uh, let you guys sort of collect what you've heard so far. Um, and I will be putting out part two very, very shortly. Thank you so much for listening. Part two truly has all of the bombshells, all of the shocking accusations against Aaron Solomon and against the corrupt people in Gallatin, Tennessee, and beyond. All right. Thanks for listening to Lauren Interviews.